This is the Sermon Podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The second reading is from Acts. Peter began to speak to Cornelius and his household. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people, and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Holy Wisdom, Holy Word. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the third chapter. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me. But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Each year in our liturgical calendar, on the first Sunday after Epiphany, we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. This past Friday, just two days ago, was January the 6th and the day of Epiphany, 12 days after Christmas, when we celebrate the coming of the wise men to the Christ child. We had a magnificent celebration Wednesday night with the kids as we celebrated the wise men. That story announces that the Christ who has been born into the world came not just to save Israel, but the Gentile world as well. And now on this first Sunday after the Epiphany, we celebrate Jesus' baptism. And we read the story of his baptism by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. Coupled with this gospel reading this morning is a story from Acts of Peter baptizing Cornelius and Cornelius' family. 
Now, we didn't actually read about the baptism. That took place just moments before we read Peter's speech this morning. It is a very significant moment in the early church because Cornelius, who was a Roman, becomes the first Gentile who was baptized into Christ. On this Sunday of baptismal celebration, and I have to, to step aside here and say for a moment, it's a special baptismal celebration in our family today because Annie, where are you? Annie, raise your hand. Come up here for a second. Come up here. Annie was baptized five years ago today. Thank you. You can go back to your seat. This morning, as we celebrate the gift of baptism, and we look at these two stories of Jesus' baptism and Cornelius' baptism, I want to talk about what happens to us in baptism. Simply put, we Lutheran Christians believe that in baptism, God chooses us to be in a loving, saving relationship with God. The emphasis for us is the fact that this is God's action. God is the one doing the choosing here, not us. We do not choose God any more than children choose their birth parents. God chooses us through the gift of baptism. The Old Testament tells the story about how God chose Abraham, how God chose Isaac, how God chose Jacob, indeed how God chose the entire nation of Israel to be in a relationship with him. Circumcision was the visible sign that Israel was in a covenant with God. The New Testament then tells the story of how God through Jesus chooses us to be in a relationship with God. And baptism becomes the visible sign that we are in this covenant relationship with God. We bear the mark of Christ on us. In our second reading this morning from Acts, we hear Peter's words. Peter says, I truly understand that God shows no partiality. The emphasis in that sentence being on the word God. I truly understand that God shows no partiality. Peter makes it clear to his audience that God is the one choosing Cornelius. It is not Peter's choice. It's not Cornelius' choice. This is God's choice. So the question becomes for us as we talk about baptism today, well, if God's choosing us in baptism, what is he choosing us for? Why has God chosen us? You see, Israel failed to understand why she had been chosen by God. God announced that it was through Israel that he was going to save the world. That's what our first reading this morning from Isaiah was all about. Listen to a portion of those words again. Isaiah announces, he says, I have called you, you being Israel. I have called you, I have given you as a covenant, as a light to the nations, the rest of the world, to open the eyes of the blind, to release the prisoner from their captivity, and to call them out of darkness. Israel was indeed blessed and chosen by God to be a blessing to the rest of the world. Israel was the vessel 
Israel was the tool God was using. Israel was the servant, if you will, that God would use to save others. But Israel would have none of that. She was not going to be used at all as far as Israel was concerned. Israel interpreted God's election as being God's favorite. God had chosen Israel to be God's favorite of everybody. There was prestige. People, nations were to bow down to Israel. At least that's the way Israel interpreted this election. But God has just the opposite in mind when God chooses someone. God chooses us to use us, if you will, to serve Him. We are chosen to bear witness to God. Peter proclaims in this reading from Acts this morning, we have been chosen by God as witnesses of Christ. We are to be out witnessing. Our lives are to be spent, and I mean literally spent, witnessing. I don't know if you caught it this morning in our prayer of the day. It always goes by so quickly. We hardly pay any attention to what that prayer says. But there's this singular petition in our prayer today. We pray to God from our lips to God's ears. Make all who are baptized into Christ faithful in their calling to be your children. So we must ask ourselves, if we're praying to God to make us more faithful, what does our faithfulness look like? What's it supposed to look like? What does it mean to be faithful children in God's family? Do we, like Israel, expect special favor from God? Or do we expect to be used by God? Are we willing to allow ourselves to be used by God? For example, something as simple as this. Do we allow God to use us on Sunday mornings when God's family gathers? Do we say, yes, Lord, you can count on me to be there Sunday after Sunday, week after week. I will be there so that you can train me and you can equip me to serve you. Or do we say, oh, Lord, not this morning. It was a late night last night. We partied hardy. I'm not sure I want to be there this morning. Can't you choose someone else today? Do we say to God, here I am, send me? Or do we find that we get angry and frustrated with God when things aren't going the way that we want and we're not getting what we want and instead we absent ourselves, we run away, we say in so many words, I'm leaving when things get better, when I get what I want, I'll be back. What does it mean to be chosen by God in our lives? How many of us are eager to claim our eternal reward, heaven? We expect God to claim us and take us at the moment of death, don't we? But how quick are we to claim God's election when God says, I need some of your money? You mean I got a tithe? I need more for me, Lord. If I give all this away, there's not going to be enough for me. There are others who have more than I do. Ask them. 
God has chosen us in our baptism to be part of his family, what we call the church. And through the church, our primary purpose is to witness, to roll up our sleeves, to go to work, letting our world, letting our community know of a God who cares, a God who loves them, indeed a God who will die for them. So how much dying are we willing to do to show our world a God who will die for them? Or are we out to save ourselves, to spare ourselves as much discomfort as possible? Do we have conditions on the service that we will offer up to God? What type of Jesus do we show the world? What is our witness? Peter proclaimed a Christ who gave his life. And then Peter proceeded to spend his own life, even giving up his life, to show the world the Christ that he had come to know. Our story today doesn't record it, but when Peter gets back to Jerusalem, he takes an awful lot of heat for baptizing Cornelius and his family. They're not willing to let Peter off the hook for that action. But as far as Peter was concerned, it was no longer him who lived. It was Christ who lived in him. He lived, if you will, as a man possessed. Christ has come to dwell with us, indeed dwell within us. Is Christ alive in and through us? Do people see us loving and forgiving and giving sacrificially so that we may help others in God's name? Or do others see in us people who are not ready to go the distance, selfish people who put conditions on our service to God? Today, on this Sunday, when the church celebrates Jesus' baptism, let us recall our own baptism, that moment that God chose us. And let's celebrate our chosenness. But let's also remember and celebrate why we have been chosen. God has chosen us to bear witness to Christ and his love for the world, the whole world. And as our prayer of the day says, may we be faithful in our calling to be God's children. Amen.